This podcast is brought to you by Cougar Radio. What's going on, Cougars? This is Ray Torsha. Welcome back to another week of the Torch Report. This week on the Torch Report, we have one of our legendary physical education teachers on the podcast, Mr. Digitano. Mr. Digitano is known for his wrestling program and his varsity girls tennis program. Mr. Digitano has been coaching wrestling here at Kennedy since 1995 and holds an impressive record of 374, 163, and three ties with 46 league qualifying and tournament championships. He has also had an undefeated season in 2021 and three Nassau County Final Four finishes. In tennis, Mr. Digitano has had county conference championship seasons in years 2003 and 2006, made it to the Nassau County Final Four in 2007, and also coached the first Nassau County singles champion for JFK. How are you feeling today, Mr. Digitano? Good. Glad to be back. Excited. Yeah, the first one didn't save, so you're back for a second <laughs> uh, right. second take, take two. Let's let's just get started with your high school career. What sports did you play? We know you, uh, well, some of us know you did box for a little bit, so take us through all that. Yeah, boxing and wrestling were my two main sports. Growing up, I did everything. <clears throat> I did football, wrestling, lacrosse till 10th grade. And then after 10th grade, I started really getting serious with boxing. So then pretty much I did those two sports um, all through high school and college. Did your high school team have a boxing? Probably no, not. No, no. Right? It, it was, was through, uh, through the Deer Park Community Center okay. and uh, the Metropolitan ABF. And, um, yeah, I went down there every night from 6 to 7.30 or 6 to 8 o'clock. Never paid a dime for it. Everything was free, which that would never happen nowadays, which was, was, was pretty cool. And we used to go to, you know, tournaments on, on the weekends, and we would go to lodges um, every couple of months, have, like, uh, fight card, you know, f- 15 fights, and... Um, with fight cards, it was it was uh, cool going all through New York City. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So, how did those practices work? Take us through that. Was it like did you punch the bag? Did you spar? Like, how did it? Oh, a lot of conditioning. Oh, boxing practice. Yeah. Yeah. What's it funny about boxing is I remember when I was doing it, I was like, this would be a great exercise video, because that when I was boxing, step aerobics be- was like a big thing. And I'm like, wow, this would be. Something great. And then a few years later, of course, uh, somebody actually did it, Michael Elagidate, and made it like a fitness uh, program, in which you, nowadays you have boxing gyms that have become really like fitness places. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd come in, you'd warm up doing shadow drilling. You would then hit the bag. You'd do the speed bag. Jump rope was a huge thing. Um, work in the mitts. And then a couple of days a week you would spar. And sparring was tougher than the actual fights, like yeah. because, you know, you'd have guys come in, um, and they thought this was an actual fight. There were, you know, they used to say, "Hey, let's go light, let's uh, move," was like the big term. But then, after about a minute, it became pretty, pretty heated. You ever like knock anyone out or get knocked out in those in those sparring um, matches? Or? In so the first time I ever sparred, I broke my nose, 
and uh, I had punched the guy, gave him a good shot to the to the ribs, knocked him down. He was a lot better than me. I just got lucky, and then he got really mad and came came back roaring and broke my nose. I went to wrestling practice the next day. I was doing wrestling and boxing at the same time. Believe it or not, it was crazy in tenth grade. And I thought I was going to be sitting out of practice, and my coach just gave me a mask and said, you, you'll be fine, just wear this mask. So I ended up wrestling with a broken nose um, for a few weeks, which wasn't really the best scenario. But that, that situation led me in 11th grade to just not box and wrestle at the same time because it was just too much. Were you friends with these guys you sparred, or was it like bad blood? Um, not, not really. It was, you know, there was a lot of guys coming in and out. There wasn't there's a couple of guys. Uh, I would you would say they were teammates, but there was a lot of people, a lot of coming and going uh, because it was very diff- very tough. So you would see guys come, you know, for a couple of months and then leave. Um, very few like me stayed. I think I was down there for like seven years or something like that. So did you like win any of these tournaments or anything? Or? Uh, y- yeah. So my. I was in the. I lost in a Junior Olympic Regional Final, to which would have semi to nationals in a real tough fight. I lost in the finals uh, to a kid from Brooklyn, I believe. And then that summer, I won the Junior Golden Gloves, um, which was a a really great experience. It was an eight week tournament. I think I had five matches, and every week it was in a different part of the city. And the finals were at the Park Plaza Hotel, right outside of the fountain, and uh, it was a pretty big deal. It was pretty cool. Yeah, so how did like it work with the coaches and everything? Like, did you have one select coach, or was there? Yes, yeah, so I had. Rotating in and out? I had uh, through high school. I had the same coach, uh, Joe Ragusa, who was awesome. And you got to remember, all these guys were volunteers. Yeah, and they used to drive me around. They'd buy me lunch. I mean, it was really what goes on nowadays with sports. When I look back at this, it's like, it you know, it's so different. Um, but I had Coach Ragusa and. This guy Nick and Bill and Jim, those four guys were my coaches. And then, unfortunately, Joe Joe passed away my freshman year of college. And then I got a new coach. A new guy came in, this guy, uh, Eddie uh, Bellafori, who, um, and he coached me through college. And mm-hmm. he, was, uh, he was a great guy, really good fighter, um, real good guy. Right, so take us through your wrestling career now since you coach her here and then right. you – Play so wrestling, wrestling I start. I started wrestling in eighth grade. In seventh grade, I signed up for wrestling, and my friends were like, "How are you gonna play street hockey after school and wrestle?" So I didn't wrestle. Um, and then in eighth grade, my wrestling coach was my health teacher, my future wrestling coach, and he said I would have got a ninety if I wrestled instead of an eighty-five. So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna wrestle," <laughs> and. That was it. I He was the guy that really got me hooked into it. And then I wrestled all through high school and then two years of college. My junior year, I wrestled for the first semester. And then I realized I was going to transfer to Hofstra my senior year. And that's when I stopped. And then when I got to Hofstra, I ended up getting a coaching job at Great Neck North, which led me to Phys Ed, which led me here. So that was like, that was a tough decision. I regret. I wish I would have wrestled all four years. Um, but I felt like the coaching, I was kind of burnt out of it. It was pretty tough. When A lot of kids don't understand when you play college sports, it's a lot, and it's a lot of wrestling. So I was just like, I was pretty much done, 
had this opportunity to coach, and uh, that that job helped me get here. So it was the right decision, but at the same time, I wished I would have finished it out. But being at Hofstra, that was a Division One school. I don't think I would have, you know, fared too well there. Yeah, so how are those first two years wrestling, and what where do you transfer from Oneonta? Right? Oh, Oneonta, yeah. So o- Oneonta, w- it was tough. College wrestling was tough, and it probably what did me in was, uh, you know, losing weight when I was in high school. My mother always cooked for me. I had good meals every night, and it was very easy to lose weight and make, make my weight class. When I got to college and I was on my own, you know, between the social life and not having your mother cook for you, I was always overweight, and it just really took a toll. And uh, the rules were different back then, so you could, you know, lose a lot of weight in a short amount of time, which wasn't good. And uh, it just... Two years of that was was pretty tough. But it was hard to balance the social life. You know, you can't do both. You can't have fun and wrestle. You're either going to become a wrestler or you're going to have a social life. And at Oneonta, you, you, you tried to do both, and it, it just didn't work. So it was a great experience. I had two great coaches. The guys on my team I'm still friends with to, to this day. Um, but, yeah, it was not it, – it was, it was tough – to, to wrestle in college, no question about it. Yeah, so how did your wrestling career transfer your knowledge to wrestling, like coaching a wrestling team now here, obviously very successful. How did it transfer over? So when I first started, I basically went off what my high school and college coaches did. So I just kind of made my practice around what I knew. Uh, and I was very fortunate I had really good coaches. So I had a very strong uh, background as far as how to run a practice, how to run a team. And then when I became an assistant coach between Coach Thomas, Coach Schaefer, and Coach Munich, I had a tremendous um, mentors to help me, teach me how to coach wrestling. And it was a big learning curve. You know, it's not just about teaching. Teach If it was just teaching moves, the job would be pretty easy. You know, you got to manage personalities. You got to take kids who aren't into it as much as you are and get them excited about it, bringing in new guys. Wrestling's pretty interesting. You have, right now we have 57 kids on the team. We have Brandon Goldstein who's competing for a state title, and then we have other kids who it's their first year. So how do we bring all that together? So that was a big learning experience for me. But I had great, I had great guys to learn from. You know, John Schaefer was an incredible coach, Coach Thomas, Coach Munich. I had great assistants. My first 10 years with Coach Anderson. And I've been working side-by-side with Paypack every day. And this is all we talk about. You know, we just talk about coaching philosophy from 7 o'clock in the morning till 3 o'clock when practice starts. Yeah, so you've coached wrestling here for a while. What's been your favorite season here uh, coaching wrestling? Great question. The, The probably the... My, t- my teams from 97, 97 to 2001 were probably the most fun, and it was probably because it was my first few years here. But we were tremendously successful, and those guys set the table for 30 years of sustain- sustained excellence. You know, we have had a good team every year. We've put a good product on the mat, and I owe it a lot to those guys setting the foundation because as, as those guys graduated – you know, the guys on the team that were younger learned from them, and they just they just kept the ball rolling. And we had great families. The same thing with the support we get from the parents. Uh, we had a great group of parents in the late 90s, 
And they just kept this going to now that we have like Mrs. Goldstein is running our wrestling club with the parents. And it's the same blueprint we did 30 years ago. So, but I, the, the 99 team, I loved the 2001 team was great. 2006, 2007, um, last year's team was real special. So really, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, but we've had a lot of, a lot of success, which has been fun. Yeah, so you also coach girls tennis. What is that like? And it's two totally different sports. How do you transfer from coaching one and then coaching the other one? Uh, it again, that all depends on who's on your team. When I first my first ten years of coaching tennis, we had tremendous success. I had five all state players on one team, and they were really into it. And so you know, nothing changed. Um, we worked hard and. They, w- they really did a lot in the offseason, and we were one of the best teams in the county for pro- almost 10 years. It was, it was really exciting. But uh, w- I, when I first started, I was coaching football, wrestling, lacrosse at Kennedy. I did that for five years. And once I started coaching girls tennis, that really was probably one of the best decisions I ever made because it then gave me the opportunity to coach, coach the girls and coach different kids because it was really – I was really coaching the same kids every season. So coaching the girls was a great change. And, um, you know, I got to know a lot of, a lot of different uh, kids in the school. And uh, it was just easier in class when if you coach a girls team and a boys team, uh, now more kids know you. So phys ed became much easier to, to do and so on. Yes, you also coached the first Nassau County singles champion for JFK. Who, who was that? And take us through coaching them and how, how exciting oh, that she was. Amanda, Amanda Halstrom, she's a doctor now. She's doing great. She was an incredible tennis player. Uh, she was a year-round tennis player. She really worked hard at it. She was so into it, and she was a big reason why we had such good teams. Uh, she was on the team since eighth grade. She was two-time All-State, two-time All-Long Island, but she was a student of the game. She knew, like when I would go on the court and talk to her in between sets, she knew exactly what she was doing wrong and what she needed to do. Um, extremely competitive. Her winning the county championship was one of the best experiences I've had here. It was She wasn't favored to win, and she won the whole thing. It was pretty cool. She went out to Delaware, full academic scholarship and uh, tennis, and she had a great career at Delaware. But the best thing about her was she was a great student. When we were up at the States, she was studying for Dr. Urban's uh, social studies AP test. She took six AP classes her senior year, and she was playing tennis every day. So, And she never missed practice. So she was a great student and a tremendous athlete. So that was, that was great because she did both. Yeah, so... Aside from coaching, you've taught physical education here for over three decades. What are your, some of your favorite moments in the gym? Uh, the gym, what I love about being in the gym is, you know, seeing, well, first of all, everybody goes through the gym, so everybody knows you, which is great. Same thing doing the cafeteria. But what I love about being in the gym is you get to identify um, students who may not be playing sports, and then, you know, like, there are kids on my wrestling team right now. They were jumping rope or doing pull-ups in my class, and now they're wrestling. You know, so you get you get kids out to do things that they normally wouldn't do if you didn't ask them to do it. So that's what Coach Payback and I, I think, our biggest job every day is, 
is to try to get as many kids involved in different sports and encourage kids to play multiple sports. You know, not um, we want people staying here after school every day and doing so. And I think that's something we both of us really added to the school. When we first got here, that wasn't the case. And we made it, you know, ex- exciting for kids to play multiple sports and kids trying sports for the first time, you know, and then kids at, uh, excelling uh, in just in four years. They never played lacrosse. They never wrestled or played football. And then all of a sudden they had excellent careers for us. Yeah, so you've had a very long career here. When you retire, whether it's this year or in 10 years, what do you want to be remembered for? What do I want to be remembered for? That I, I came here every day with a sense of purpose. Um, rarely did I have a, a... I never had a bad day when I was here. And I took, I took the, the job seriously in the sense that there could be somebody that, you know, if I don't show up on that day, they're going to need me. Um, or um, something I missed, like, you know, maybe I didn't see them jump rope that day and couldn't get to, you know, I never would have known if they wanted to play sports or so on. So just coming every day, giving 100%, and just taking the the job very seriously and giving it everything I had every single day, no matter what type of mood I was in when I walked in the gym, I was in a good mood, even though sometimes people don't think that, but I'm always in a good mood every day. Yes, yeah, so Mr. Ohmberg always says that it's a great time to be a cougar. What are your thoughts about that message? Uh, 100%. That's a true statement. If you're a kid right now at Kennedy, this is no better time to be here. When Coach Paypack and I first started, the only kids that stayed after school were the athletes. And a lot of the athletes didn't really take it as seriously as they do now. Now all of our teams do well. More importantly, we have – so many things for people to do that it's not just the athletes staying after school, like this program right now, Cougar TV, uh, the culinary arts program. Uh, you have kids here on a Saturday working really hard that normally would never be here 15 years ago. So it's just more of an inclusive school where there's something for everybody. And uh, it's just a, it's a great environment as far as that goes where you don't have to be an athlete. You could... You could do something after school and be involved in the school community, and that wasn't always the case. Yeah, I think you summed that up great. Uh, I think that's a great interview for that part of the podcast, but let's talk about you as a sports fan for a little bit. We all know you're a Jets fan, unfortunately, this year, but it may, Aaron Rodgers might be coming back. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts on the Jets right now? Uh, the Jets, it's been, it's been a full-time job to be a Jet fan. It's the only thing I really like in pro sports is, is watching the Jets and hoping that they win. Uh, but it seems like every year they can't figure it out. But I was never into Aaron Rodgers coming. I was very opposed to it. Uh, large in part because he got I, I figured that there's a good chance he could get hurt, which happened. And I didn't like the fact that they basically took all his friends and brought all his friends over, and here we are now with him hurt and with all his friends who aren't very good. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we're in a tough spot. Uh, I always believed until they move back to Queens, they're never going to be good. They're cursed because they're in Jersey. How do you call yourself the New York Jets and you play in Jersey? Yeah. That really bothers me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do agree with the friends part. I think that was stupid. He's kind of just he pretty much running the team at that point, and most, like you, like you said, most of his friends aren't even that good. Right, and where's Randall Cobb? Lazard, you gave him a ton of money, hasn't showed up. No. Took, they uh, had they benched him one game. Cobb's been nowhere. 
Right. I don't know. Even Nathaniel Hackett, like they brought him yeah. because he was Aaron Rodgers' guy. But that guy was a disaster in Denver, and now we make him the offensive coordinator. Like, I don't know. I'm not a big Woody Johns. I, I think the whole thing, they just need to blow the whole thing up. I hate the stadium. Yeah, the I hate going awful. to the stadium. It's the worst. You know, move back to Queens, have Bezos build a stadium called Amazon Stadium, and uh, let's get back to, back to where we were in the 60s. They should go right next to City Field. Yeah, your City Field, the tennis, the football. Uh, you build restaurants and everything all around there. Forget it. It'll be unbelievable. You think Coach Al is going to be gone or no? Uh, I, I don't know. That's a great question. I talk to my son about that all the time. My son was a big Sal fan. How do you say his name? Sal? Salah. Salah fan. Uh, you know, he he does a lot of talking, but there's really, I don't know, there's nothing there's nothing behind it yet. Some people just aren't head coaches. Yeah. And I think he was a good defensive coordinator, but um, I just think they made bad personnel decisions. It sucks, too, because that defense is so good. You got such good young talent on the offensive side, you just can't. Pull it together. Right. They got the great running back. Yeah. Um, I love the wide awesome. receiver. Yeah. Right. I mean, the offensive line needs work. Um, and the defense is sick, too. The defense I mean, is great. Yeah, the defense is keeping them in games. But that that's they're getting, a, they're getting tired, and they're not playing as well as they did at the beginning. Yeah. You know, so All frustrating. Right. I think that wraps up both segments of the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Take two went well, hopefully. Hopefully this is saved. But thank you for coming on. Right. It was a pleasure.